Book of Romans, Chapter 7 You know very well, my brothers, for I am speaking to those well acquainted with the subject, that the law can only exercise authority over a man so long as he is alive. A married woman, for example, is bound by law to her husband so long as he is alive. But if he dies, then his legal claim over her disappears. This means that, if she should give herself to another man while her husband is alive, she incurs the stigma of adultery. But if, after her husband's death, she does exactly the same thing, no one could call her an adulteress, for the legal hold over her has been dissolved by her husband's death. So, my brothers, the death of Christ on the cross has made you dead to the claims of the law, and you are free to give yourselves in marriage, so to speak, to another, the one who was raised from the dead, that we may be productive for God. While we were in the flesh, the law stimulated our sinful passions, and so worked in our nature that we became productive for death. But now that we stand clear of the law, the claims which existed are dissolved by our death, and we are free to serve God, not in the old obedience to the letter of the law, but in a new way, in the spirit. It now begins to look as if sin and the law were the same thing. Can this be a fact? Of course it cannot. But it must be admitted that I should never have had sin brought home to me but for the law. For example, I should never have felt guilty of the sin of coveting if I had not heard the law saying, Thou shalt not covet. But the sin in me, finding in the commandment an opportunity to express itself, stimulated all my desires. For sin, in the absence of the law, has no life of its own. As long then as I was without the law, I was alive. But when the commandment arrived, sin sprang to life, and I died. The commandment, which was meant to be a direction to life, I found was a sentence to death. The commandment gave sin its opportunity, and without my realizing what it was doing, it killed me. It can scarcely be doubted that the law itself is holy, and the commandment is holy, fair and good. Can it be that something that is intrinsically good could mean death to me? No, what happened was this. Sin at the touch of the law was forced to show itself as sin, and that meant death for me. The contact of the law showed the utterly sinful nature of sin. For we know that the law itself is concerned with the spiritual. It is I who am carnal, and have sold myself to sin. My own behavior baffles me. For I find myself doing what I really loathe, but not doing what I really want to do. Yet surely if I do things that I really don't want to do, I am admitting that I really agree that the law is good. But it cannot be said that I am doing them at all. It must be sin that has made its home in my nature. And indeed I know from experience that the carnal side of my being can scarcely be called the home of good. I often find that I have the will to do good, but not the power. That is, I don't accomplish the good I set out to do, and the evil I don't really want to do, I find I am always doing. Yet if I do things that I don't really want to do, then it is not, I repeat, I who do them, but the sin which has made its home within me. My experience of the law is that when I want to do good, only evil is within my reach. For I am in hearty agreement with God's law, so far as my inner self is concerned. But then I find another law in my bodily members, which is in continual conflict with the law, which my mind approves and makes me a prisoner to the law of sin which is inherent in my mortal body. For left to myself, I serve the law of God with my mind, but in my unspiritual nature, I serve the law of sin. It is an agonizing situation, and who can set me free from the prison of this mortal body? I thank God there is a way out through Jesus Christ our Lord.